2: Just a quick message for everybody that listens to our podcast. Me and Joe McCarthy are now going into business with a new business partner, Paul McGee. So me, Joe and Paul together have created Vine Street Investments. So Vine Street is going to be a brand that we're going to be pushing a lot more. And we're also going to be changing the Jack and Joe Show brand into the Vine Street Property Podcast. So please keep your eyes peeled and listen out for um the new vine street intro which will be coming on soon we're just going to do a couple of episodes first and keep the jack and joe show brand going and eventually we will phase that out and it will all become the vine street property podcast so please keep your eyes peeled and we look forward to bringing you lots more content
1: welcome to the jack and joe show we talk about property business and everything in between Hosted by Jack Heskin-Taylor and Joe McCarthy. Sharing the stories of entrepreneurs, property investors and our journey to health, wealth and happiness.
2: Welcome to another episode of the Jack and Joe Show with me, Jack Heskin-Taylor.
0: And me, Joe McCarthy.
2: Today we are here with Paul McCarthy. How are you, Paul? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you very much. How are you?
0: Good. Yeah, nice now. Good now.
2: yeah.
0: So um, I'm just do you going want to talk a little topic. bit about your background? And we just like maybe touch on that and um, just kind of run yeah. through people like who you are and, and what you're doing before you got into property sourcing.
1: Yeah, that's fine. Um, so I got into direct sales when I was 21. Yeah. Um, just starts out in direct sales, knocking on doors, doing a bit of, um, I think what, people classes canvassing. But it was actually... Gaining um, a few donations for charitable organizations. So that was um, where it started off, really. Done that for a couple of years and went into, um, well, went to actually make my own business doing the exact same. So got clientele nationwide, working with different charitable organizations, different um, insurance companies. We were working a lot with solicitors. It was crazy, it was a whirlwind. We um, quite quickly became the biggest direct sales business in Liverpool City Centre, and it, it went nationwide. And we were we were pulling out some of the biggest results um, nationwide as well, if not the biggest, for some of the clients that we had. So, excellent, crazy, really. It was a bit of a whirlwind, but that's where it all started off. And just before we got into the property business, property sourcing, it was all direct sales, all door to door, private site. You know, gaining a lot of knowledge in those sectors and it uh, supported me so much, supported me so much.
0: That's excellent. Yeah, that's
1: where it's all kicked off, really.
0: Yeah, and definitely like um, with the whole sales side of things, especially in deal packaging, a lot of it is sales related. So the, the skills that transfer over are very, very good, very relevant. I'm sure you found that
1: would you say um, a couple of years doing direct sales especially on the door-to-door scene is similar to that of a master's degree in sociology and psychology you start being able to read others quite well and it's crazy the way your mindset changes it's just a it's just a mad world and it makes you a stronger person you know knocking on doors for so many hours per day
2: mm.
1: I think we were walking 30 miles per day <sighs> um so we were quite fit and you know it, it was just uh, for me overall it was an enjoyable experience a lot of people might not like that sort of thing and being out in the cold weather and knocking on doors and speaking to different people but something a bit different every day for me and i really enjoyed it
0: nice that's excellent and um, so in terms then of um, when you actually decided to get into property when when did that happen like what was that kind of supposed transition in your mind to go from what you were doing into property
1: Um, So at the end of 2018, I got the chance to manage uh, my first serviced accommodation unit, actually. And it was one of my cousin's units over on London Road. And the unit itself was doing really well. I mean, I think it's between two floors and I think the bottom floor at the time was, was generating some massive profits, massive net profits. And I think my cousin, with all the jobs that he had, all the work that he had, he's just like, listen, do you want to manage it for me? And I got in there, done a bit of management on the um, on the property, brought in um, a lot more profits than what were being gained at the time. I changed a, di- a few different aspects of the business yeah. um, and applied different methods to just basically getting the property to where I believed um, it should be, well, it should have been, and it's carried on from that now as well. It's, it's doing really well still. And that's how I got into it. So property management, nothing to do with property sourcing.
0: (laughs) How did you find that then, that experience?
1: It was a good experience. It was, but for me, property management isn't something, I mean, it's very time consuming and use manage your own properties as well. Hmm. It's very um, time consuming as you probably know. And yeah, I'm just not into yeah. putting the amount of hours into a business when I've got other businesses um that are individual and passive for me. So
0: Yeah, that makes sense definitely.
2: So what made you go from the, the service accommodation management and then into the source <laughs> and how did that how did that transition happen?
1: So I went to a couple of um seminars, so large seminars, one on one coaching small q and a's and i just found that the deal packaging was more than my roots what i wanted to do long term so management was okay it's you know it's residual it is passive if you do it right but that initial period for me um it was just it was just a difficult initial period to get through in order to gain a residual passive income that i wanted but we we knew that deal source and allowed that so um, obviously I've gained teams, a lot of teams in the past um, that were residual, passive and automated and I just knew deal sourcing could, could run into that so that's how it started with deal sourcing I just knew it could be the same as my other business if I applied all the techniques and methods used
0: So, yeah, that's good.
2: so when um when you went into the to the deal sourcing, how did you set that up? Did you go in alone? Was there anybody else involved? How did you structure it? And how quick did it get set up? Did it take a while? What was that like? No, do you know what? I went in alone.
1: Um, I went on um, Fiverr.com, um, got myself a logo, a couple of business cards, got an email. You know, People don't understand, and it's one thing that's in the book as well, which I'll speak about later, is setting up a business isn't very costly you know when you don't apply the insurance and compliance for deal source and how much does it cost to actually set up a business yeah,
2: sure.
1: you don't need an office at that initial period i mean you've got starbucks you've got hotels so for me um, i set up pretty quick it took me three weeks to actually um gain my first client and well on um, on the third week it was the monday actually on the third week, we ended up, um, I think we, we generated or I generated personally 13,000 in sales that week. What you can class as sales, which properties being sourced. So, not only did I do that, I actually went to each of the properties and um, furnished them myself. So, furnished all the properties, packaged them up myself. And it was a bit of a whirlwind period, but i done it myself. I said to the team, the team was doing direct sales at the time, I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go out there, I'm going to check a couple of different um, industries and I'm going to bring us into a different industry. Um, so for the first couple of months, I was doing deal sourcing on my own and then I said to the team, come on, let's do it now. I, I think I brought seven or eight different guys in from the team and it just kicked off from there.
0: Birds. And were they specifically rent to service accommodation deals?
1: Rent to service accommodation.
0: Yeah. yeah. Very good. Very good. Um, yeah. so in terms of you know managing the team and all that, obviously you had the past experience um, and that sort of skill set's kind of transferred over nicely. Um, did you like, you know, just bring on one person to help you out at the start and then bring on another, or did you just go full whack and bring on all seven? Or was it just kind of a gradual, more of a gradual thing?
1: Basically with direct sales, there's a lot of average to a direct sale So I needed to check the lot of average um at the time for um sourcing. So sourcing my clients and sourcing units for the use of service accommodation, you know, going over everything. So once I done that and I'd done it well, it, it you know, it took a couple of months, but once I gained a lot of average, I was able to tell the guys, listen, we've got a lot of average, let's go. Yeah. You know, the transferable skills from the direct sales um literally they just took on board straight away and right into property sourcing you know if you teach a team the way we were you know teaching and training on a daily basis in our office in the middle of Liverpool city centre you know it, it just it brings on some some strong mindsets and they just went straight in there and um I'd say ninety percent of the guys smashed it out in the first month done really well.
0: Brilliant. That's excellent. Um in terms of that, getting that law of averages, um, so that's like basically your strike rate. So say if you're you know going into talk with maybe 10, 20, 30 agents, you know, is that what you mean by that? There's like how many agents you have to go to before you'll actually get a deal?
1: Yeah, so you've got agents you need to speak to, but also there's a lot of average to the clients that you get as well. There's a lot of phone calls, a lot of um, client phone calls that you need to do. Obviously, there's a structure to everything. There's NDAs to be signed. There's properties to be gained. And then there's actually closing those deals. So it comes in different sorts of mini goals that you've got to hit, mini business goals. Mm. But once you've got a lot of average to actually hitting every single one of those goals, you're able to transfer that over to your team. And being in direct sales beforehand, which direct sales is a bit different if you've never done that sort of thing, door-to-door, private site, um, it's a bit different. The sales are a lot higher than what they are in property sourcing because property sourcing sales are classed as high-ticket. So the load of average is a lot smaller. Um, Well, you you don't do as many sales in in, um, high-ticket sales, put it that way.
0: Yeah, I suppose so, when you're talking figures, when uh,
1: you're a lot.
0: yeah, when you're talking like the the figures when it comes to packaging a deal, you know, into the thousands versus like say if it's a new, I don't know, phone contract or something like that, it's a bit of a difference, you know. So yeah,
1: yeah our direct sale at the time was around 150 pounds through yeah. our clients, which if you broke that down, it's massive. It really is. It's 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 a massive fee to gain from a client. Um, doing a a door to door direct sale.
2: Especially if it's not a high ticket sale. Did you give have you got any tips for anyone that may be looking to start out in the deal packaging and thinking of maybe folks in on rental service accommodation? Any tips for anybody that's potentially new to it or hasn't got hasn't maybe got much sales experience?
1: Um I'd say one on one coaching. You can't go into a business like this without the initial coaching. I, I don't believe um, sales has to be, you know, you need to learn how to sell. If you want automation, you need to learn how to run a team and you need to learn how to do it to a good standard. Not only that, closing is massive. If you don't know how to close a sale, you, you know, you, you're not going to do very well either. So you can take the leap and actually go in there and give it a shot. You know, go in there and get in, gain a couple of units that are fully compliant to the, for the use of service the accommodation. Yeah. Or if you want to actually package them over for someone else, you know, deal source to a good standard, you need to learn how to sell to a good standard. So the one-on-one coaching, I'd say, find someone who's been in the business um, for a couple of years who knows how to do it to a good standard and just aim to get a bit of coaching. You know, it might cost a few hundred pounds, might cost a couple of grand, but it's going to be a lot better than going to these large group seminars where there's no Q&A. You're you're just not going to get any information from anything like that. So I'd say coaching. So okay, that's great.
0: So in terms then of, um, say, you know, your packaging deals, you're going to your agents and you're going calling different investors on the phones, what would be some common objections that you'd come across?
1: Um, Common objections... I'd say the biggest objection is you're aiming to sublet our property. So, I mean, there's different company lets as well. So obviously, there's a company let which my business pays for my apartment. I mean, at the moment, that's a standard company let. Yeah. And obviously, you've got the company let um, which you're going to, on, on our well, in our case, we're going to let to our corporate clients on a nightly, weekly and monthly basis. They're totally different. And a lot of the time, the uh, estate agents don't understand that.
0: Mm. So how would you handle that then? Like, how would you explain that to the agents? That you're...
1: You've got to be honest and upfront. So when you're actually gaining a unit, the initial in that initial period, the talks, um, you need to be truthful about everything that you're doing. So we let our corporate clients on a nightly, weekly, and monthly basis. Mm. Our corporate clients include... This, this, and this. And we we do feature on the likes of Airbnb, Booking.com, etc. You need to be truthful. I've seen a couple of people um, on the property pages and they're describing it to the estate agents um, wrongly. Uh, I mean, they're coming across and basically lying to say that they're going to have like steady contractors and stuff inside of the properties. Um, It's just not true. You've got to be honest. You've got to be upfront. Yeah, you've got a, a a company contract. It's not a it's not a standard AST, and mm. I think that's one which people don't mind to sign. I mean, it's totally illegal. You can't do it. It's got to be a company let contract. Mm. You've got to yeah. fully make the estate agents aware of what you're doing and how you do it.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah so
2: not like not. Not that anybody advised us to do that, but that was sort of the gist that we got when we first started out Was sort of say that you've got contractors who stay regularly. Um, so you've already got them contacts, and obviously if you've just started out, you haven't. Um, but yeah, that was how we, we sort of gauged it a bit, that people were sort of coming across that way. Um, it's just hard because you don't want to mention Airbnb being looked at straight away because it might be on the back foot, but you do need to get, you need to get that into class when we sure it's clear, don't you?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you'd explain it, uh, I mean, we've got a pitch. We've got a pitch with everything coming. When we converse, it's still a pitch. We are conversing, but we're pitching at the same time. We're telling them exactly what we're expecting and we're, we're honest um, to what we expect. We're very direct as well. I mean, we're, we're quite indifferent with our approach. If they want to support us with their property, that's fine. If they don't, it's absolutely fine as well. Because there's a lot of average out there, we will literally speak to another 100 agents that day to gain another unit. It's absolutely fine for the ones that don't want to do it and don't want to do it to to the standard that we want, to the contract length that we want, to the rent that we want. It doesn't bother us at all. I mean, if you start to see it as a lot of average, you're off the phone quite quick, to be honest. Because a lot of agents just don't want you to use their client's properties for the use of service accommodation. That's absolutely yeah.
0: fine. Yeah, so?
2: Just opt to phone on to the next one.
1: Definitely, yeah. Especially if you deal packaging, it's really important. You've got to be persistent. You've got to be fast. And it's not a case of you're having a, a 30, 40-minute call with an estate agent. That's it, It's not true. You, you'd find that it's just literally persistence
0: very good and in terms then on the flip side with the investors what might be some invest um, some you know objections you get from investors then
1: um so with myself i'm a bit different from the team members um i'll gain what's classed as a deposit to do work for me i don't have to i don't have to do work and when i choose to do it i want to make sure that the person I'm doing it for the clients. I'm doing it for it's serious. Hmm. So I'll get in a deposit, and I'll basically go out there and pass them the properties that we have in stock that meets their criteria, or I'll go out and source to order. Um, but with the team members, you get a lot of people who don't want to give deposits. They're not very direct on what they want. They don't give you a time frame. I, I, I can't do it. <laughs> I need a time frame. I ask them on the phone. When is it you actually want your next service, the accommodation unit? I mean, mm. do you have the budgets? What is your annual income? Can you afford what you're looking for? You get a lot of people who come in and I want a property in London. It's £2,000 a month or £3,000 a month. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. What's your annual income? £16,000. Like How old's your company? It's um, two months old.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: your company's not going to qualify you're not gonna qualify um as a guarantor either so you're not able to actually get a property for that price and mm. you you see a lot of people who come in from a course say like a Samuel Leeds course and you want to get a service accommodation unit they, they don't understand what actually goes into actually gaining one of these units and how you qualify. Mm. I mean even if it's direct to vendor we're gonna make sure our clients um sorry we're gonna make sure our vendors have the right client for the property in the long term.
0: Very good. um In terms of what you're doing now, so um what are your plans kind of going forward after coronavirus or even now, like in your business, like what's what's kind of a uh, future plans?
1: I mean, to begin with, we we didn't do any um, sales for the first few weeks, but after the first few weeks, um, property sourcing has just been the same for us. So it's just going to be steady um we're just going to carry on with what we're doing to be to be fair with our property source and we brought quite a lot of new units on board. We've got a massive stock list at the moment um which isn't necessarily good obviously we source to order most of our clients but we've got a stock list there for clients that you know if it hits their expectations and the criteria fantastic. But I think for us as a team, we're just going to get back together um, over the next few weeks, few months, depending on how, how the law sees that. And um, we're, we're going to come up with a couple of um, plan. well, a little plan of action in order to move forward in the mid and long term. So for the foreseeable future, because a period like this, it can break a team or it can make a team. So I think with our team, we're all quite close, which is which is good.
0: Um, How's Sam getting
1: on? Sam, um well Sam done another sale yesterday. So, yeah. Yeah, Sam's Sam's a good lad. He he's very young and you'll see him all over these property um social media pages for a long time, I think. He's he's a really good lad. And in regards to sales, he's really good at sales. Having that experience doing it door to door, the private site. He's done more at an early age than what most people do. And he's got so many different sorts of, I don't know, he's been taught so many different sales methods and tactics, and he's got a good mindset. So I think for him, it's onwards and upwards. He's, he's going to achieve quite a lot more than what I did at that early
2: age anyway. That's good.
0: That
2: Nice, nice.
0: Good to hear he's doing well. Definitely. Um... So I know you mentioned before that we spoke about a few a few months ago and you mentioned about you wouldn't mind getting like buying a block to do a service accommodation.
1: Yeah, so that's sort of the medium long-term goal is to gain a block.
0: Hmm.
1: And we're going to gain quite a few units before and on a buy-to-let basis. Well, buy-to, let's, you know, service accommodation. Yeah, We're going to gain quite a few of those units. We're going to eventually sell a portfolio and gain a block. I mean... We've got blocks at the moment that, you know, we source on to clients. But to have your own block, I think it's a massive goal. Hmm. It's a massive goal, especially in a city that you love. To have my own block in Liverpool City would be amazing.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it'd be nice and cash flow and everything like that. It just it makes sense, I suppose, like with management and everything. And um, yeah, it does make sense.
1: I think yeah, the true meaning of automation, residual passive income, is to have your own block. If it's being run correctly, then I think it's onwards and upwards. You've seen quite a few people within the city. I mean, we live in the same city. How many blocks are being, are being put up on a daily basis?
0: I know, yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs>
1: outside my window at the moment there's another crane. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I want to be part of that, and I will be part of that
2: definitely. Sweet. That's so what
1: size sort of block are we talking? Um, a block of a
2: hundred. I want a hundred unit block. Nice,
1: Thanks. Thanks. Cool. So I'm going to work on that over the next few years in order to gain the units and the portfolio needed, and then I'm going to go in um, and gain my own block, whether that's with investors or or not. Uh, you know, I'll eventually get there, but you know, the sooner the better, really, isn't it? And <laughs> I've got quite a big goals, so.
0: Yeah. Um. So, do you want to talk a little bit about your book, The Middleman?
1: Yeah, definitely. That'd be great.
0: So, um, you know, tell us a bit about it. Um, what's in it, and what uh, what are you sharing in it, and where can people get it? Yeah. So, it's just become
1: available on pre-order via Amazon. And there's a couple of main points within the book, which is about the mindset needed to start a business. Executing your vision. So executing a vision is basically doing goals, um, hitting mini goals, and basically they lead on to your bigger goals. And then you've got a, a really special column called the override systems. And the override systems are basically the foundations of the book. We say that the, the power they possess are limitless, literally because the override systems are residual passive income and being able to, to gain that through my other businesses and the new business. I mean, it, it just makes you feel much better about yourself as a person. You know, you're able to work when you want to work, etc. And that's what the book's about, it's about freedom. You know, I've created freedom for myself over the past few years, and I want to teach other people how to do it.
0: Excellent. excellent. Um, so where can people get the book?
1: In Amazon. So today we're going to pop out a few links with our launch team and they're basically going to show everyone the book's on pre-order. It's on pre-order for like a Fiverr and you get a um, a paperback and you also get a, um, an ebook version as well. So the paperback pre-order is announced. Um on the 21st, you're able to get the paperback, but at the moment, the pre-order for the ebook is, is available for a fiver.
0: Lovely. Excellent. And I'll what leave a that link.
2: Process? Totally, joke.
0: You're all right. I'll leave a link there in the title once this is all there. Uh, once we get the link off here, we'll leave it in the title in this video.
2: That'd be amazing. Yeah. Thank you, guys. No problem. I was going to ask, what was the process like with Amazon setting that up? Was it smooth? Was it difficult? Um, no, do you know what? To be honest, it's all smooth.
1: It's all, it's it's quite easy. Um. I was amazed that there's more people out there that have got so much knowledge that haven't popped the book on Amazon, to be fair. (laughs) It's a bit crazy the way it works with its royalty systems and it it gives you a percentage of the book sales because they own the rights officially. I think it gives you 30% of the book sales or 70%. I was telling someone you were there, actually, the big reason why I made the booth Um, was for my sons basically to explain to them how residual and passive income works so with us we're not going to myself I'm not going to be taking any sort of profits out from the book sales it's for the little ones to learn how residual and passive income works and basically when they're a bit older I'll explain it to them how it works and how we were able to create a little residual passive income whilst being in a quarantined period (laughs) um, in a pandemic I mean, a lot of people haven't done anything in this pandemic, and there's me doing 14, 16 (laughs) hour (laughs) days. I want to be able to see the little ones, Uh, I'll I'll be able to gain that residual part of income, because you don't have a clue at what to do. I don't think anyone in the family does.
2: (laughs) 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 Nice. That's 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 a good reason why it would look like it's interesting.
1: So dedicated it to them. Being able to actually put knowledge in from what I've gained since I've been quite young, and I've got a, a, a lot of knowledge to put out there. And um, there's a lot of secrets that other companies just won't come out there and explain how to do certain um, methods in the book. Basically, I just I'm coming out there explaining to people this is how finances actually work in a business. This is how you could use them to your advantage. Here's the mindset needed. You know, you're gonna need automation. That's what the book's about. It's about automating your business, so whether it's a new business or a business that you currently have. You know, there's certain stuff that you may be doing slightly wrong. You know, that you could improve. It might even be that you don't have a team. You might be doing it on your own. And the book explains basically what steps to take in order to to gain automation and a residual passive income, whether you're sitting on a beach or, you know, at home in a coffee shop. You know anyone's able to to create finances with a business without actually putting in the forty hour the forty hour weeks and mm. I think people need people need to see that we need more entrepreneurs guys we need, we need more
2: people like um Joe and Jack. <laughs> That's been great. That's been really, really good. Um what we normally say to everyone, Paul, is hopefully have you have you on again in the future. It'd be interesting, sort of later on in the year or you know however long we leave it. So to so have you on again and see see how, how we've how we've gone on our journey and yourself as well, and discuss where we are as well. I'm sure there'll be loads more to discuss again.
1: Definitely, I'm sure you'll be seeing a lot more of me in the future. Um, obviously, I meet up with you guys quite a bit anyway with the property meetings, and yeah. you can do this again anytime. You know, be good that we've. We've, we've hit a few business goals in the meantime. And then when we're back on, we can say, yeah, here's the sales figures. Here's how we're doing. Here's how the business is.
0: So you know,
1: we can all look each other in the eye and, and see if we survived the <laughs> pandemic. <Yeah.
0: laughs>
2: survived 2020. So, <laughs> so that'll be good. You
1: 100%. know, whether it's July, whether it's um, 2021, you know, we, we, we'll see. I'll be back on a podcast.
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's great thanks,
1: Tom.
2: thanks very much
0: perfect cheers Paul we'll catch up soon it's been a pleasure and uh, best of luck with the book yeah. can't wait to read it thank yeah. you
2: very much guys speak 100%. to you, you. perfect see,
0: to you. You see you later bye guys see ya see ya
1: we talk about property business and everything in between hosted by Jack Heskin-Taylor and Joe McCarthy sharing the stories of entrepreneurs property investors and our journey to health wealth and happiness